Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Ben Church. Hi, this is Ben. And I've been thinking lately about something I wrote many years ago in the late 90s. In my notes from over the years, and it says, In the natural, you cannot follow the will of God. And I had a little study that I wrote down in different scriptures and ideas, but that really jumped out to me. That it's really impossible to please God in and of yourself. You're just going about your daily life in the world, living the world's way, thinking and speaking, acting like the world. You can't follow God. In fact, you'll never fulfill God's will for your life. It's actually the, the exact opposite. You are fulfilling the enemy's will. Even though you yourself might be thinking, well, I'm fulfilling my will. I'm doing what I want to do. I did it my way. But really, you're doing it the enemy's way because that's his deception. It's not God's way. It is the enemy's way. So it got me thinking about being led by the Spirit. You can also be calling it living by the Spirit or living in the Spirit. You can also call it bearing spiritual fruit. Many different ways that you could describe it. There's many different scriptures that talk about that in, in the different ways. But we can just kind of pick out a few today and talk about that. How do you live in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, or be led by the Spirit? One of the main scriptures that talks about this is Romans chapter 8. I'd recommend every single believer to be well acquainted with Romans chapter 8. It's very revealing. It's powerful. It talks about our position with God and the world and, and how to be victorious in that. But I want to read something here in Romans chapter 8, uh, where it kind of describes the same thing that I just talked about, that in the natural you cannot follow the will of God. And we can start in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And it goes on to talk about this. So it talks about being in the Spirit, but then it also talks about being spiritually minded and being fleshly minded. So if you're a born-again Christian, if Christ is in you, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God dwells in you, then it says you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. But then it goes on to say that those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And in fact, then that pleases God. And isn't that the most, one of the most challenging aspects of Christianity is that we're in this world that is actually the enemy of God, the whole world system, not the earth itself, not the planet earth, but the world system who is ruled by Satan, the enemy. 
He is called the God of this world. He doesn't own the earth, but he is in charge. He is Lord of this world system. And yet here we are as believers in Christ, born of God, in the spirit of God, living in this fallen world. That's why the Bible calls us in the gospel. That's why Jesus called us the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We are a shining city on a hill. So even though the darkness is around us, we need to be this force for God. I also um, wrote something else down around the same time that really I thought was profound looking back, was that God didn't put us in the world for the world to change us or to teach us. He put us in the world to change the world. And that's a different take from what many Christians believe. We They believe that God put us in this world to teach us a lesson. Well, I know many, 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 probably most Christians who've gone through hell and don't praise God, don't ever come out on the other side. They just go to heaven when they die. So they have no victory. They're, they're sorrowful, miserable, defeated in every aspect of life here. And they don't really give God the glory. It's Most of the time it's false. It's lip service because when you hear them, outside of church. They're just talking a bunch of nonsense and and doubt and unbelief. And then on the other hand, you've got the world who's going through hell and living in hell, and they most never even come to Christ. So it's not like it brought them any closer to God. No, the gospel of Christ is the power of salvation. The gospel, the word of God is what cleans us and prunes us and, and teaches us. So that's just, that's a difference between being spiritually minded and being fleshly minded. Now, what does that mean though, to be fleshly minded? Says in verse six in that Romans eight, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And if you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. So that's talking about someone who's, number one, they are not God's child. They do not have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. That's number one. So they cannot come to God. They cannot have a spiritually focused mind. So think about that. All those unbelievers out there who don't belong to Christ, saying they're very spiritual people, technically, they're very fleshly people. Because it says the only way that you are not in the flesh is, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. And if you do not have the Spirit of Christ, then you do not belong to Him. That's pretty powerful. That says that if we do not make Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives, if we do not confess that He lived, that He died on the cross and bore our sin and shame, and punishment, and sickness, and disease, and all the evil that was meant for us. And then he was resurrected three days later, and then he ascended on high, and now sits bodily, alive, at the right hand of God the Father, and that all who believe in him can be children of God, can be born from above, born again. If we don't confess that and believe that, we do not belong to him, and we cannot please God ever. Can you understand that? You cannot live by the Spirit. You cannot be led by the Spirit in life. You cannot please God if you do not believe in Jesus Christ. 
So all those other things out there, religions or atheism, whatever it may be, they're not true. They're leading down a path that leads away from God. In fact, this scripture here says it is death. It is actually fleshly because it's what your flesh, what your mind wants to do, not what God wants you to do. It actually is leading you to a place of death. Not only in this world, these things are going to be burned up. Everything we do is going to be futile unless it's for the kingdom of God and it's being used for the kingdom of God and for his purposes. Now, you might be into sports, you might be into hobbies, you might be into many different things. Those are awesome and great if they're used for God's purposes and he gets the glory and then he's able to guide you and control you in those things and bring about the ends that he wants for the gospel and for his glory. But all those things are going to be burned up and worthless someday. So that's the one part of death. But then the second part of that death is eternal death, eternal separation from God. It's terrible. Who would even want that? But that is where a fleshly person is going. But they think that they're being spiritual or they think that they're on a path of life, but it is not pleasing to God and it does not even understand who God is. That's why the gospel is so important for those called to preach the gospel, to preach that Jesus is alive, that he bore the sins and punishment for all humanity once and for all. And all you need to do is believe in that and you get to have part of life. You get to be part of God's family and live a true spiritual life. So that's the whole premise of that statement that I wrote down many years ago, that in the natural, just in the world, by yourself, in your own mind or your own body, your own will, you cannot follow the will of God. You must be born again. You must put Jesus first in your life. And then you must live that way. And I was reminded of another scripture in Galatians chapter 5 starting in verse 16, and it's talking about now developing that every day, developing a spiritual mind, walking away from the flesh side of it, and disciplining your body and honing your spiritual mind. Let's kind of read what Paul says in Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these things are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now here's here's what it goes on, and it talks about, here's some proof, or here's some evidence if you're living in the flesh, if you're living in the fleshly side of your life, if you're being more focused on that than the Spirit. These are the works of the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But now he goes on in verse 22 to say, well, here's the Evidence is if you're living by the Spirit. You'll have the fruit of the Spirit. You'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
And here's the key right here in the next verse. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So right here, he does make a contrast with the flesh and the Spirit. But then living in the Spirit, remember, we are we are in the Spirit because we belong to Christ. But then it says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That means that God is always going to be continually leading you and guiding you in the way that you should go. He's going to be challenging you. He's going to be speaking to you, telling you the areas in your life where you're more focused on the flesh or the areas in your life you're not digging in to his word. You're not feeding on him. You're not living by the spirit. You're not doing the things he set out for you to do. So we need to keep in step. That should be a lifelong commitment to every single Christian. I'm going to live by the Spirit. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. When God says go, I go. When he says stop, I stop. If he says change, I change. If he says stay, I stay. For the rest of your life, a daily practice of putting him first. And then in the next chapter in Galatians chapter 6, starting at verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. That's a principle you can live your life on, just that one scripture right there. That if you think that you can get away with things or that you will reap something different than you sow, in other words, if you're out a farmer planting corn and you think you're going to get soybeans, you're mocking God because God set things in order. When you sow something, when you plant a certain thing, you're going to get that crop. And that applies in your life, in all areas, in the natural, in your work, actually planting seeds or putting an effort in certain areas of your life. You will get those results. It And to think differently, to think, well, that's not true. Uh, you're mocking God. It specifically says here. So if we sow to the spirit, we're going to reap spiritual rewards. If we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap death and the effects of death in our lives. So who would want that? Who would want the death? Who would want to live by the flesh to have our own will when it just leads to emptiness and destruction, separation from God? When we can just live by the Spirit because we belong to Him and get better and better and better in life. Follow Him. Grow more closely to Him each and every day. Have evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. Now some people say, well, Well, you're talking about prosperity gospel of getting better in life and God wants you blessed and God wants you better and better. Well, have you, did we just read the fruit of the spirit? If you're walking in love and joy and peace and all those wonderful fruits, your life is good. You're going to be one of the best people on this planet. You're going to be uh, the hardest worker. You're going to be promoted more than anyone else. You're going to be blessed more than anyone else. That's called being close to God. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to be put in hard situations to to show that fruit and to be a witness and an example of what God has. And there will be people coming against you. And that's normal. And that's to be expected. You'll get the persecution. You'll be laughed at, mocked, made fun of, probably spit on. Uh, People will be out to get you. Yet on the other hand, none of that can affect you because you have peace and self-control and you're going to be kind. You're going to turn the other cheek, and just like Jesus did, you're going to walk right through them because you're on a mission from God, and 
they can't stop you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. That's walking in the Spirit. So let's keep continue reading there in verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And that eternal life is talking about heaven, living with God forever, and all eternity being with God. But that starts right now. If you're a born-again Christian, do you realize you, you've already entered eternal life? You possess eternal life now. There really should be no difference other than the actual ridding of our body permanently as death is swallowed up into life, because this is a body of death. But we should still be seeing the effects of that eternal life on us now. Renewing our mind, strengthening our flesh, healing our flesh, and producing the spiritual fruit as evidenced all around us, and then going forth being that light in the world. That sounds like a pretty good life to me, and that's walking in the Spirit. So what do we do? How do we do this? Well, this is different for every single person. But number one, the Spirit is the Word of God. It's the Bible. You have to commit the Bible to be your life source. You have to. You have to read it, study it, memorize it, talk about it, listen to it, live by it. Let it change you. You have to. That has to be your number one thing in life. Commit to the Bible. It is your book. It's your life. Then you have to start doing the things that God tells you to do. It might be service, ministry, helping, leading, giving, using your talents, growing, in, the, in what God has already gifted you with. You have to develop those things. Live by what God has given you. Grow. Feed upon the Word. You need to pray in the Spirit. Then you also need to fast things of the flesh. So all those things that your body wants to do, you have to keep them in check. It says crucify the flesh. Put it down. Crucify those passions. Deny them. Fast them. In other words, don't partake. You're going to fast food. You're not going to eat the food. You're going to put your body down and you're going to seek God. We need to start doing those things. Develop the fruit of the Spirit. Find out what it means to love, what it means to have peace, what it means to have joy, patience and kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. What do what those things mean? What does it look like in my life? It might be look a little different in my life than in your life in the way they develop and grow. But they're like seeds that are already planted in you. When you're a Christian, when you belong to God, when you're born again, those are a part of your DNA now. But you have to develop them. They're like seeds. You have to water them, care for them, nurture them, let them grow. And then the fruit comes. And the fruit is what everyone can partake of. They enjoy the fruit. So those things should be something you can partake in and then all those around you should be able to partake in the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, all of that. That is the fruit of the Spirit. And then I was just reminded lastly about climbing a mountain. If you're going to go out and set to climb a mountain, you're not just going to wake up one day and just go do it. It takes planning and preparation and it takes effort. And if we do those things, if we do if we plan for it, if we prepare for it and we put forth the effort we can accomplish climbing that mountain in front of us. And living by the Spirit is like climbing a mountain. It's a daily task, and we don't reach the summit until we're face-to-face -face with Jesus one day. 
But we need to climb that mountain every day, living by the Spirit. So what should we do? We need to plan. So start planning on how you will live by the Spirit. Plan how God wants you to go about it. Find out, God, how do you want me to live? What are the things in my life I need to fast? And what are the things in my life that you want me to focus on? What are the things in the Bible that that are important that you are speaking to me today, each and every day? Plan those things out. Then get prepared with all the things you'll need. Do you need to have a new Bible that you can actually read and understand? Do you need to get a, a tablet with, with, I have a, eSword is, is my Bible app that is like really awesome. I, I paid for it because it's worth it. I have Bible commentaries. I have uh, many different translations of the Bibles that I can study. I've got different resources within this little app. There's many things online like BibleGateway.com where you can search the scriptures, study the scriptures. It's for every level of intellect, of ability, where you can understand. Maybe it's just one scripture a day that you read and take five minutes to meditate on and pray. How is this speaking to me? What can I do to accomplish this? Or how will this change my life, the way I live or think or speak or do or believe? And what do you need? You need to go find a church to go to. Well, get prepared to do it. Go seek out that church. Do you need to get new friends? Do you need to buy a computer? Do you need to join a Bible study? What are the things that you need to go about what God wants you to do? And then lastly, you need to work. You need to put in the effort. You need to do everything you need to do to climb that mountain each and every day. Those are just three things that you can focus on. Three areas of attack. Plan out how God wants you to do about it. Get prepared with all the things you'll need and then put to work everything you have to get you to the top of that mountain and fulfill God's will for your life. So hopefully that encourages you today that we must be children and people of the Spirit of God, that we have to crucify the flesh, that we made it we need to make a distinction in our lives between the flesh and the spirit and follow the spirit and not the flesh. We need to make that a lifelong commitment that we cannot accomplish God's will for our lives and please Him in the natural. It has to be a spiritual walk. And that we can grow in the Spirit and that we need to put the effort in to get that done. So let's pray today. Heavenly Father, I pray for those listening, for my brothers and sisters who you've called by your name, who you've given a destiny to, who you've raised up for this time, for this generation to be the light of the world to be the salt of the earth, to be that city on a hill. Pray that they would hear these words, that they'd be planted in their hearts, that they'd have good ground, that this word would bear fruit in their lives, that they would prosper in the things that you have called them to do, that they'd receive boldness from you, Lord, that they would go forth and do your will with boldness, and that you'd give them the ability and the words to say, and that you would cause the increase, Lord, because all this gives you the glory. I just pray that each person listening would be the church in their world, that they would be known as children of God, as spiritual people growing in the Spirit each and every day. That's my prayer, Lord. We just give you the glory for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now take this and go be the church in your world.
If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so that you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become a part of this church family movement.